Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. And we actually, it's a Christmas miracle in August because we actually have all four pastors in the studio. Pastor Phil, you're back. Glad to have yeah, you. Yeah, I've been away for a little while, uh, but it's good to be back with you guys. Summer's been busy. As, you, you're as, probably going to get so much hate mail from all the damage that we caused while you were gone. Well, I'll, I'll see if I can uh, <laughs> get, get us back on course. All right. We appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> and then we have Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Russ. Brothers, how are you guys? It's a good day, and we're glad to be here with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Doing well. Awesome. Well, we are looking forward to the conference coming up here, man, just in, in, in less than three weeks on September 17th and 18th. This is the Reformation Boise Conference at Valley Shepherd Church. Of course, you can register at uh, ReformationBoise.com. This year, we have Dr. Robert Godfrey and Dr. Terry Johnson, and we're going to be looking at uh, that vital theme of worship. The theme is Be Thou My Vision. I don't think uh, it's—I know pastors are given to hyperbole or preachers are given to hyperbole, but I don't think it's overstatement to say that worship is the most um, important and vital subject of the Christian life because that's what all of life is aimed at. That's right. And when we say the gospel is all of life, our worship revolves around the fact that we're a redeemed community yeah. uh, praising God. That's right. Well, I mean, in the, the commercial clip that we, that we put out on social media, uh, Terry Johnson has a quote where he says, the whole point of redemption is worship. Uh, Jesus died on the cross to create worshipers of the triune God. Mm-hmm. And that's why we come to the conference, because he says it better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this morning we're talking about um, the fact that our worship should reflect the, the truth that we serve a triune God. So what does that—we'll start there. What does that phrase, triune God, mean? Well, of course, that, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three in one, the one in three, uh, one God in, who has revealed himself in three persons, and that— that's at the center of worship because that, that the uh, the triune nature of God is at the center of Christian truth, and the Father is seeking, as as Jesus said, the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Uh, Jesus says that in John four, and so the the triune nature of God is should be and is at the center of Christian worship. Yeah, in relationship to worship, um, uh, worship reminds us that God the Father makes our worship Christ-centered by redeeming us through the work of His Son and by giving His Spirit to testify to Him. So the matter of our, of our worship, it's by the Holy Spirit that we have testimony of the Son and learn of our obligations toward Him. And in worship, the Father and the Spirit, they're not taking a back seat, even though we might say we're focused on a Christ-centered worship because of our redemption. They're not taking a back seat to this. They're 
presenting to us the ministry of Christ. And Jesus represents the Father's love to us and his power Mm -hmm. over us. And Jesus is the object of the Spirit's ministry who testifies to him. And so just as each person, as you point out, participate in our redemption— and because redemption is the theme of our worship, the ministry of the one who's accomplished our salvation shapes that in that gospel pattern that we're, we will be referring to. Mm-hmm. A very helpful passage on this is Ephesians 1, just regard to the how Paul opens the letter by talking about the person and work of, of the Father, and then it ends with praise to him, person and work of the Son, praise to him, the person and work of of the Spirit, and praise to him. And so that framework of a triune God is not something that we're we're bringing and imposing on worship. It's, It's a biblical truth that is there that worship involves praise to the Father, praise to the Son, praise to the Spirit. Well, this is who God is. I mean, one of the early creeds, and I think I might get it wrong, but the Athanasian Creed, did I get that right? It actually says that uh, whoever will be saved before all things, it is necessary that he hold to the Catholic faith. That's the lowercase c. And then it says, and this is the Catholic faith, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity. I mean, the very foundation of all of worship is who God is. Mm -hmm. And so the identity of God is a necessary precursor to worship. Yes. And and if we don't if we don't worship God as God has revealed himself, then we're worshiping an idol. That's right. And uh, which is, well, as John Calvin said, the human heart is a factory of idols. So we don't, we don't have a, a problem using our imagination to, to cook up a, a God of our own imagination uh, to worship. But to, to worship in spirit and, and in truth is to worship as God has revealed himself. That's right. All right, so the second question then is, uh, what does it mean that worship should be in the name of Christ? Colossians 3.17 alludes to that. When we do something in the name of, in this case, name of Christ, you're doing that, um, that Christ becomes the agent um, by which that occurs. And with, so Christ is both the, the means by which we worship, but also the focus to which we give our worship. Um, mm-hmm. So the idea, the sense is that Christ is that which is the object of our worship, but he's also that which we are trying to declare in our worship, but also the the, the means by which we're able to worship. So I think all of that is encompassed in the name of Christ. Well, if you think about the Old Testament versus the New, like there was one of the kings, I think it was King Uzzah, who thought, well, I'm just going to, I've, I've had all these great uh, military victories. I'm going to go into the temple and worship the way that I want to. And God struck him with leprosy. The priest stood up against him and said, no, only the priest can do this. And so in the Old Testament, there was this, this uh, mediated type of worship that you had to go through all the, the, the proper channels and the priest being that channel. Well, in the New Testament, we know that Jesus is the great high priest and he's the only mediator. So that when we worship God, we have to go through that mediator and any other worship of God is is completely unacceptable. Yeah. And we've just talked about how worship is is to be anchored and and built on the foundation of of the truth of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And at the same time, worship can and should be Christ-centered. The Father sent the Son into the world 
God the Father is most fully revealed in Jesus, his son. And as a mentor of mine, uh, Dale Bruner likes to say, the the Holy Spirit is a modest spirit. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. Spirit directs people to Jesus. The whole part of the part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to lead people to Christ, to, to point to point to Christ as the object of worship. Uh, and you, you look at uh, worship in the Book of Revelation, and uh, in in many ways, our reflection, our our, our worship on earth, should be a, a reflection of the worship of heaven. And the Book of Revelation shows us. Christ, over and over again, Christ as the object of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one uh, to whom all glory and honor and praise is directed. And it's necessary for us to be able to come into the presence of a holy triune God. We can't do that outside of the person and work of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why we say it's Christ-centered is that if it's not, then we can't worship because he's the one. We come clothed in his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, we come as those that have been redeemed, forgiven, and, and restored by Christ. And united to him. And united to him. So it, it, yeah. it, the worship is Christ-centered because without Christ, there is no worship. Well, it is also in his name that we're gathered, where two or three are gathered together in his name. He's present with us, we're told in, in Matthew. And you know, in all the aspects of worship, you know, particularly you point out in Revelation there, you know, the, the, the focus is, worthy are you, O Lord. And this is also what takes place even in uh, the aspects of worship, the, the, the elements of worship. You know, for instance, prayer, the prayer that we offer up is in his name. We go to the Father through him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a, so that's the, the key to worship is, is the one who gives us access to God. That's right. So we've talked a little bit about maybe like prognosis, what's the right way to worship the Lord. And here's a good summary statement that worship is the work of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ to the glory of the Father. So let's do a little bit of diagnosis, perhaps on on our modern evangelical situation. How well do you think churches are doing with regard to triune worship? My sense in this, you know, naturally, I spent almost every week in my own church. Um, so this is a little bit dated in the fact that before I became a minister, what when I visited other churches, when I attended other churches, what I found was that the Father is, is significantly neglected in many churches. Hmm. Um, maybe the Father's name is a throwaway phrase when people are praying, that they inserted every three words or four words in a prayer. But as far as attention given to the Father during a worship service, I found that oftentimes a lot of attention is given to Jesus Christ, a lot of attention is given to the Spirit, and and most of the times it's at the expense of the others. With not this robust, we worship a triune God framework that should, I believe, should shape most of what happens in worship. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of the the benedictions that we often give in our churches, right, is is the love of Jesus Christ and the wait a minute, the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's yes. a triune blessing, a triune benediction. And and without I mean, here's the thing, 
neglecting any one of the members of the Trinity is neglecting the whole Trinity because God is one revealed in three persons. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that, um, you know, in proper worship, there ought to be that balance. And, you know, when we think of God, when we're thinking of God calling us to worship, it's, you, you know, usually that mental picture or whatever we're thinking of, we are thinking of the Father. He has that first word in worship. He calls us to worship. He gathers his people in the name of his Son. And then we pray for the illumination of the Spirit to work in and among our congregation. And I think that uh, this is one of the things that Reformers got uh, right. You know, one of their favorite calls to worship was, uh, you know, essentially a prayer to God saying, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And that calling upon God in in our need is what we do as we not only we hear God calling us to worship, but then right immediately follows is a more or less of an invocation where we're recognizing our need uh, to be opened up to uh, God. You know, the whole worship is not, um, it doesn't happen just because we do certain things. It it hap- It's what God through his Holy Spirit is doing, what God the Father through his Holy Spirit in the name of Christ is doing in our midst. Mm-hmm. That's what worship is. That's when it takes place. Not because I, I ticked all the right boxes. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Don't forget to go to ReformationBoise.com. You can register for the upcoming conference. It's coming up in just under three weeks. You don't want to miss it. ReformationBoise.com. We'll see you next time. 